Good day. Welcome here to SportsStats.ie. I'm Darren Kelly. It's time for SportsStats Football, joined by my partner in crime, Neve Kendlin. Neve, first, how are you keeping? Great, Darren. Yep. Fast these, week. These games are coming ticking fast. It's barely time to think. And we have another very, very busy weekend ahead of us in the Provincial Club Championships. Yeah, it surely is. Um, I suppose when, you know, the... With the weather being so mild and everything, Darren, I think it's just the weeks seem to be flying. And these games, like, thankfully, the, the, these games have been played in, in relatively good um, weather and good dry weather. And the pitches have stayed, held up for it. So it's great for it's making um, very interesting and competitive club matches. We're looking forward to it. Here's what we have on the show today. We will be looking back at the Ulster football final replay between Dunamoyne and Breda. Dunamoyne get the job done the second time of asking. We'll have a look at all the action in Leinster, the quarterfinals. Dunboyne against Milltown, our feature game last week. Dunboyne's All-Stars showing their pedigree yet again. What a run they are having. And we'll touch on the semi-finals. We will also look at the Munster semi-final, not the one we were planning to do or advertised to do, because more not being Bally McCaffrey, he was not on the next week. But we're still going to enjoy having a look at Southern Gales and a Herlo. And finally, a result that many people might have missed in the Leinster Junior Football Championship. Muckley from Kilkenny. Hammer Clung Gales, 215 to four points there from Westmead. Uh, great work being done in football in Kilkenny. And we'll be joined by their chairperson, who's also their manager, Pat McDowell from Neve. A real busy one to get into. <laughs> Definitely is, Darren. Yeah, looking forward to it. So let's start. And of course, it's Wednesday. We're moving to Wednesdays for a few weeks here in Sports Stars Football. And tonight at half nine, an RTE pulling with my parents. Steve, do you watch that program? <laughs> uh, one more, Darren. No, I don't. And I haven't. And I haven't ever. But I think uh, there might be some people who will be definitely tuning into it over the next couple of weeks. Yes, but certainly this week anyway. Not that we do. How do I put it? We don't really do kind of like talk about players' personal lives or things like that. But of course, Sarah Rowe from Mayo. That's why we're talking about pulling with my parents. Sarah Rowe, who was on the fair green here at Sports Stars back at uh, the start of the year when she was playing down in Australia. And of course, back down there now, representing Colleen Wood. And we'll be keeping an eye on that in the new year. She broke up with Sean O'Brien before at the end of 2020. All right. And I was reading this. And of course, this would never make the agenda for our show normally, but it's because of the program. So we want to give Sarah a shout out there as well. She is this, is on this week's episode of Pulling With My Parents. So if you're a football fan, and of course, Sarah, great ambassador for the game across various different sports. She was playing for Shelburne again this year before going back to Australia as well. She is on this week's show. So I think, Neve, this week for Sarah, we will be tuning into Pulling With My Parents. <laughs> Yeah, I think definitely, Darren. I think a lot of people will have a lot of interest in it. And as you said, like Sarah, a brilliant sports person and, you know, really has at any sport she's thrown her hand to, she, she certainly excelled at it. Um, and now I suppose maybe this is the side that, that's let herself down and maybe, or maybe this is the side that she needs her parents' help for, shall I say. <laughs> and uh, he is, we're, uh, we would definitely be interested to see what, what comes out at the end of it. Sinead has watched it a couple of times and I've watched it with her a couple of times. Now, it's not a programme she's into. She's moved on from it since, but it's entertaining. It's no different to um, Joe, that programme about the groom organising the wedding. I can't remember the name okay. of it. All yeah. the time. One of these kind of, like they're silly programmes, but like uh, for Sarah too, and look, at the end of the day, I'm happy enough in a relationship myself, but I mean, some people could be low and all that. And, you know, maybe give, give this a go as well, but you called and all that. So uh, it should be good. I wish Sarah the, Sarah the best look, look with it. And as I say, we will be watching it this week as well. It's something different, not something we normally watch, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, it will. And I think that show is Don't Tell the Bride, I think, Darren, you're trying to think of. But That's yeah, it. it certainly will. And 
you know, I suppose maybe maybe it's 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 a way of getting a wee bit publicity as well. Maybe maybe Sarah's looking for a wee bit publicity as well. So it definitely um it certainly does that, but it is very lighthearted and it will be a bit of crack. Do you watch Don't Tell the Bride? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, Darren, I'm not into reality TV at all. I think the, the fittest family, Ireland's fittest family, is about the height of the reality TV, and it, it's not really reality TV, but that's about height. I see the, the celebrity jungle and all that stuff that start kicking off this week. It's my, I would be changing the station or staying away from those stations at that time of the evening when it's on. Well, it's not often we disagree in things. Ireland's fittest family, I never miss it myself as a show, and Kate as well, our young girl, loves, loves watching the programme as well. But I have to admit, my guilty pleasure is I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> we can, not that we're going to start doing a podcast and I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Certainly can tell a look at it. Thank She's not going to come on anyway. <laughs> Well, that is my guilty pleasure. I used to watch The X Factor back in the day when it was good, but I mean, um, but that's my guilty pleasure. So yeah, for the next three weeks, I'll be I'll be talking about kangaroos' anuses and crocodiles' penises and all that. Like you know, what I mean? not the podcast, the right? But what you got uh, at home? So we we better move on. Half night tonight, or uh, RTA pulling with my parents, Sarah Rowe. Make sure you catch it as well. Um, uh, no doubt it'll be a good program. Lots to talk about. Let's talk about mead for a moment, Neve. It's been a fairy tale year and a half for the mead footballers as well. But there's been. An awful lot of conversations recently, and we just haven't got a chance to really touch on it, but the dual player issue, I don't talk about it as much in the podcast anymore because, you know, it's, it gets frustrating to talk about at times, but uh, it's come up in Mead a couple of times recently. Nemo Sullivan, a forcibly camogie match for a championship semi-final a few weeks ago. Avian Lee, I don't know, was it a senior B game or relegation game or one of the goals? She was caught out recently too. And the Mead chairman admitted that... There hasn't been much communication between the two bodies this year, where there has been in other years, and it's something that has to be sorted out if we are going to go into a proper split season next year. It's a deeply frustrating conversation to be having on a regular basis, and even you and me together, not that we talk about it every week, we still probably have talked about it much more than we'd like. Yeah, definitely, Darren. Like, and it's you know, you know, it's something that comes up um, at a national level, and you know, because it's two, you know, different government governing bodies, you know, it it, it doesn't. You know, I suppose they don't, they can't sit down and agree on it. But I think within their own county, I think it's the simplest thing. I, I, I feel like it should be a simple thing that this, it shouldn't be coming up. It shouldn't happen within its own, within its own county. And, you know, for the two, or the Mead, um, football and board or ladies football board and the, um, the Camogie board to not sit down and work out these dates. Because, I mean, as you said, Mead ladies football is on a high at the moment and you want all young girls out playing playing football obviously but you know you want them playing Camogie especially any of the, the ones that are dual players or in dual clubs and you want them to be have the opportunity to play both and the last thing you want to see this coming out in the in the national papers about you know this you know these dual players being asked to play within the same day and within hours of each other it's just really a disgrace to be honest it is, and like we have to point out as well, Mead, good work goes into Mead Ladies Football. They're great supporters of sports staffs and the exact same with the Camogie. So like we're not going picking individually. You're doing your thing, but at the end of the day, a county, like with Sarah Ann Fitzgerald on the Fair Green recently, she talked about the great way to do it in Leash, where it's all organised as well. Like, you know, I think Tipperary have made strides after last year's situation regarding Cahir and all that and there's other counties too that seem to do it. I know there's been problems in Galway at times but more times than not they seem to to get it right too. Um, look at the end of the day we're not saying that one um, board has to go to the other and uh, each fixture but it's more as you said there be at the start of the year set out provisional dates 
You know, I mean, no, both the players in the middle of it too. And if an overlap, like a replay or a game gets deferred through COVID and any other reasons and all that, just check in with each other to make sure that the players are not put in these positions. I've always said to myself, it should be easy, as you said, at county level to, or at club level in counties to do. But I can understand if somebody has to play on a Saturday and a Sunday during group stages or early stages of the championship. But when you get to semi-finals and finals and those decisive knockout matches, like, it's on the same day, Nevo Sullivan was in a situation, right? I think even the situation was a match fix for early the day after the All-Stars or something. You know, like, it's just about working with each other because if both are thriving, and there's great work being done on me, as I mentioned already, then both will thrive even more. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like, you don't want, you know, you're, you're again looking, like, these players are established players and, you know, they have a voice now and especially, I don't mean established, they're not, they're far from retirement age, but, you know, they're players that have a voice now. But, you know, you go back to the, the young girl in the club who doesn't have a voice and doesn't have someone that can speak. And that's why, you know, it starts, it has to start at the at the, at the roots, basically, at the ground ground level and, you know, start within, you know, within the, the county starting off and then it, it hopefully blossom into other things. But it nearly feels like, like you're saying Tipperary has sorted itself out. It nearly feels like some drastic thing has to happen for the two to two boards to sit down and discuss these things like and you know it is it's an awful shame that it is because we're back here now at this stage in, in the in the year Darren and we're talking it's coming up again unfortunately it's all about communication even national level and no doubt we talk about again there not, wasn't too many this year in national level we have to say but counties like look near as I always say and even when we we're on the Camogie show arguing about the original plan that at the clubs uh, in between the league and the championship at intercounty Every intercounty camogie player is, or nearly every intercounty camogie player is a club footballer and vice versa. You know, you're pulling from the same thing. And if not, they're going to go to soccer, they're going to go to rugby, they're going to go other places and we're going to lose them in Gaelic games. And at the end of the day, we, we, I can understand how it's difficult at times at intercounty level. And maybe down the, maybe it's going down the line or Hannah Looney is breaking the trend at the moment, but that's a conversation for another day. But it's just communication. That's all yeah. we want in all counties. That's the thing. That's it. And that is the key word. And, you know, and it, it, it sounds like it's such a simple word and it's such a simple thing to, to keep saying. But it's about someone, you know, I suppose, um, just grabbing it by the scruff of the neck and, and sitting down and getting it, getting it sorted out. Like, you know, and as I said, you really don't want young, young girls, you know, having to make, having to make the choice at a young age. And as you said, unfortunately, if that happens and if, if I don't mean literally, but if they're, if the guns put their head in the sense that they have to pick, then as you said, they'll pull away to other sports and that's not what you want to happen. Hopefully that sorts itself out for 2022 because, like me, of course, all Ireland football champions, and there'll be me, Camogie, will be contenders for an All Ireland Intermediate Championship next year. Uh, interesting one, the official ladies' football article that we have in Sports Dance this week was with Emma Troy, and she talks about like the mindset of um, the preparing this year and all the underdogs. Anna, uh, I think you wrote down Riesenhofer, an Austrian um, skier or something, was an inspiration for them as well. It's a very, very fascinating article this week as well because. Apart what we just talked about there, and Eve, um, and we're moving on to football matters in a bit. Uh, me just seem to do no wrong at the moment. Yeah, they're just on on a high, like, and is is right, like that. You know, it it is. Um, you know, there just seems to be everything seems to be going in the right direction for them, and you know. I suppose it's as we keep saying, like you know, they were a fairy tale story this year, and and you hope that you know other counties can take inspiration from them, and you know that it will it'll make for a, a really interesting championship again for for twenty twenty two. We'll talk about Dunboyne against Milltown in part two of the show. Just the other games in Leinster, very very quickly. 
Um, no surprises in regards to overall results, I'd say, this week in, in the All-Ireland Senior Championship. But Fox and Cabantilli were certainly pushed to the pin in their collar against Eatstown. Yeah, they definitely were, Darren. Just pulled out of it with a um, two-points game. Um, and, you know, I, I did say last week that, you know, I, I felt they'd win it, but I felt, you know, that it just didn't seem in the Dublin County final, it didn't seem like they were firing all cylinders. And, and I think Sinead Goldrick is a big loss to them. You can see she she makes them tick at times. Um, and, you know, a, a big, you know, obviously Eadstown backed by Grace Clifford, but, you know, Fox Cab got the job done despite being two points down at half time. They came back and had a, had a good second half and um, won the game by two. David game against Tullamore coming up this weekend as well. They'll go in as favourites, understand, to be playing an awfully side as well. But do you see them having problems again trying to get over this one? Uh, I I don't think so. I think you know. I suppose um, you know. I I think they'll the, you know they have the kind of maybe shucked off the the cobwebs now a little bit now and got you know got won that game under the belt. Um, you know, in the Leinster Championship, and I would feel. I suppose uh, you'd imagine there'd be hot favourites going into it. I can't see. Like, we always felt that Eastown could put it up to them, but I just don't think Tullamore would have the have the the you know I suppose the the players and stuff to to maybe just cause a, a big upset maybe this early in their campaign. Tina Healy from Wicklow also victorious over St. Connets from Leash. We'll talk about them in the second half of the show when we look at Dunboyne and Milltown as well because we tie all that together. And we're on Offaly. Two managerial situations to talk about quickly. Offaly new joint managers, uh, Danny, uh, Danny McGarvey, originally from Guidor and Donegal and Brian O'Rourke from Kula have taken over. I was disappointed when I saw Offaly in the flesh last year. I won't, I won't lie about that, but we certainly know what they're capable of on their day as well. It's a county with strong football uh, traditions throughout as well, but underperforming. You never really talk about them in the business end of the Intermediate Championship as well. They'll be hoping this new appointment will give them a kick. Yeah, they definitely will. And I suppose the only thing it is, you know, we, no one knows what, what next year or this the end of this year is going to bring with COVID and stuff. But I find it very hard for, you know, I, I, I would feel for any manager going into a, a new role, um, into you know into a new role with new players and stuff and trying to you know build the team when when we they don't know how much face to face they're going to have in the new year and obviously we're we're hoping that you know the COVID cases reduced and that 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 will that we can have a full season of football for next year but yeah it, it's there you know it'll take them a while to get to get to know their players and get the you know get the I suppose get get games under the belt and get a chance to, to get to know their team but um you'd hope that it'll start a building force for for Offaly. it might take a year or two but it might the the, the lads will have um the work cut out it will indeed we wish them the best luck let's go to the one we were touched on last week it's official now <laughs> and not just Sean Finnegan, the Kildare manager Diana Horace there and Tommy Carr has gone from Westmead uh, I just assumed Tommy Carr be the favourite for the Westmead job. Sure, his daughter Ficky is in Falls. He's put great work in at underage there as well. Is something going on in Kildare, Dave? Yeah, really shocked at that when I when I was writing it out down too. Yeah, um, and Kim Turner and Tom Devro. But uh, yeah, I was really shocked because I know, um, uh, you know, Tommy, as you said, he, he was. I, I watched uh, Westmead a couple of times this year, and you know, as as much as Sean was manager with Bannister Bib, Sean uh, Tommy Carr had a big part in. You know, in, involved in the team, and he, had, you know, had a big, a big say by the looks of things from from watching, um, watching from the outside. So, yeah, very surprised. But maybe he, you know, the other girl, the Finch girl, she hasn't moved with them, and maybe she's thinking of going for the Westmead job on her own. But um, definitely surprised to see Tommy going, especially with his daughter involved in in Westmead. Kildare have knocked on the door. But this must be the ultimate compliment to Kildare because these three and the rest of the the people that you mentioned there are not going to Kildare just for the crack. 
You know what I mean? They must, like they've left, well, two of them have left all Ireland winners. Mm. And Dan, fair enough, it didn't work out for in Roscommon and all that, but you know, they must see something. And we know there's good footballers in Gildares and many counties in Midlands there, but they must see something here. And I'd well imagine, not that we'd be encouraging betting, but I'd imagine Gildares' odds on the All-Ireland next year have gone down an awful lot based on mm. disappointment. Yeah, I, I would definitely say so, um, Darren. And, you know, Kildare, as you said, have have a, have had a great tradition and we haven't seen it in the last couple of years. And there's a lot of work being done at underage level too. And, you know, um, I think actually Kildare were in the, the minor um, Leinster final this year, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, there's a lot of work being done um, and clearly they're looking for someone that, um, you know, in Sean that has a very professional setup, um, as we know he does, and he obviously has good success behind him too. But again, he's someone like, obviously he's, he knows, you know, from playing against Kildare this year, I'm sure he knows um, the players and knows a bit right about the team. But again, he's someone you going into a new position. And, you know, again, I hope uh, he has the time and he has the, you know, the face-to-face meetings with his team um, over the course of the next couple of weeks before the Championship, before 2022 is to kicks in. We look forward to chatting him sometime in the new year. Very quickly, two other things before we wrap up here. Of course, we can't pass Munster. I know we're not featuring them later on the show, but more than happy, did get the job done against Banner Ladies as well. A high-scoring one, 315 to 3-5. Shane Renane, happy to have his team back contesting provincial silverware. Yeah, um, you know, I suppose it was job done for, for Moran Abbey. Uh, we did feel last week that maybe the banner could put it up to them a little bit, but, you know, Moran Abbey's, um, they're going for their uh, sixth monster title and, you know, the step one done and on their way. And, um, yeah, you know, they, they were the O'Sullivan's back by the O'Sullivan's and, uh, Lauren Fitzpatrick, they've, they've really put in, um, you know, a very stellar display last week. We look forward to looking at more Abbey against Bally McCaffrey next week. All the results are up in sportsstance.ie. We don't have time to go through them all. One word, Neve, before we talk to our special guest. It caught my attention last week, the results. Muckley from Kilkenny, beating Clon Gales and Westmead, 215 to four points. Like we've seen in the last, especially since the pandemic came in, a lot of work being done to get football back going in Kilkenny again, especially in the ladies' side of things. And this is a massive result for them. The biggest, certainly in recent years, for Kilkenny football. And hopefully, I know we're only talking about a club here, but hopefully this is the first step to getting Kilkenny back and playing inter-county with all the other 31 counties on a regular basis. Yeah, that is that is the hope, Darren. You want, you want that and you want... All 32 counties playing and um, playing ladies football and and a stronghold. Obviously, it's you know um, it would be most notably be a, a Camogie County and a, a Hurland County, no doubt. But I mean, it, to see that result, um, you know, it really it, it would it would have to give a boost to all the other clubs within the county and you know a good a good boost to the the county in itself and hope that they will you know they can get the players together and and maybe um, re-enter into a junior championship again for 2022. So let's go take a break. But after the break, then we will hear from Pat McDowell. He doubles up as chairperson and manager of this team. They have a big match coming up next Saturday against Killernan from Wexford. And we look ahead to that as well. We look back as well. And we look at what's going on in Buckley. And that's coming up shortly. I like listening sports stars because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. Now, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Pat McDowell, who's the chairperson and manager of Muckley Ladies Football Club in Kilkenny, and certainly one of the results of last weekend of the Leinster Junior Football Championship, a resounding 2.15 to 4-point victory over Clon Gales from Westmead. And first, Pat, thanks a million for joining us. 
no bothers, Darren. Thank you. It's a massive result, and just to put it in context, Pat, it, like it's a Leinster Junior preliminary match. There's another big game at the weekend, which we'll talk about in a moment. But for your club, for football in Kilkenny in general, it's a big result as the game is making strides in the county and in the club. Yeah, I, I think I think so, Darren. It would have to be yes. In fairness, it would have to be yes. Let's just talk about last week's game as well. You're taking on, you won the Kilkenny County Championship a few months back, right? But you're coming against uh, Clon Gales from Westmead. Uh, what were you expecting coming into the match? If I'm being honest, we, we were we were we were quietly confident without saying anything. We uh, like we're good. Our girls are good. They're a good bunch. They're a good bunch. They put in a lot into into training, and they're good footballers. They're, they surprised they surprised a lot there. Now there was support from around. There was a good bit of support from around Kenny there last last uh, last Saturday, and like, it was all positive about our runners with the ball, how good the girls were. Some, you know, you don't probably associate football with Kenny, but that doesn't say there's no football in Kenny. You know what I mean? And it's a, it is a growing community in Kenny. If I just go to that for a moment too, like yes, as you said there, everybody knows about hurling. Cody, should Brian or Camogie, I should say, Brian Cody's come out and said Kilkenny is a hurling county. But especially in the ladies' side of things, there's been great strides put in ladies' football recently. And it's the same as saying. Kerry, Kerry is a football county. Is there no hurling in Kerry? Of course they are. There's, there's football in Kilkenny. Maybe not promoted well enough, and, and that's a lot of the problem. You know that kind of way. But to be fair to the ladies' football, the ladies' football is after is, is, is there's ten clubs in Kilkenny now, ten senior clubs in Kilkenny, and, and it's it's great, it's great really, you know. And every club is trying to do their best to promote their girls, and. It can be a battle. It can be a battle with Mogi, but I, I think they have they've they've kind of come together and they're trying to keep out of each other's way as far as fixtures goes, which is which is a help for all clubs, you know, because we're all we're all vying for the same girls, you know. And certainly, we're going to talk about one or two of those in a moment. But as you mentioned, good footballers, but like he certainly showed exactly representing your county as well as the club, what good footballers you have. Because as you said, you were quietly confident. Did you imagine you'd win the game by seventeen points? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> we said if we got over, if we could get over the line, that's all. Like we didn't want to go out in the first round of Leinster. We wanted to prove that there's 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 football in Kilkenny. You know that kind of way. Mm. And next Sunday's match is the same. If we if we could get over the line by a point, it'd be a dream. You know that kind of way. Like that's that's the way we look at. It. We're taking one game at a time, but we we, we won't fear anyone. You know, but yeah, no, Jesus, seventeen points. Like this was a massive. If you're if you're to look at the game, I know it's a cliche to say the scoreline don't tell the story of the game, but it absolutely does not tell the story of the game. John Gale were very very good. Now our girls, our defence. I think I think one one chap said there, if you score fifteen, you always look at your forwards. Always. But our defence last week, from our half back back to our goalkeeper, work, was excellent, excellent. You know, and that that was the platform that was won. But Pat, even as you say that too, only conceding four points, you're, like that shows through the defence too. Of course, you have Neve McDowell in goal, Clodagh Hannon at centre back as well, and other key figures in the defensive side of things. Oh yeah, our two corner backs, our, our full back, like the six backs, six backs, and our goalkeeper was excellent, and like they were ably assisted. Our mid, our mid, one of our midfield players, Kelly Comfort, she sat back, she sat back when she needed to, and there was times like John Gale came out in the second half for the first ten minutes to really. Everything they had. Now they had nothing to lose. In fairness to them, we knew what was going to happen. Like they were nine points down at half time. They had to hit us with some, with, with everything they had. And I think in that they scored scored one point. Like 
just too pure, probably dogged defending. And but the dogged defending without giving away a freeze, it was pure legal defending. You know that kind of way. Mm. Everything like put we in the work. We we were excellent, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a shortcut really for the first ten minutes. We probably didn't get into our own half. But they, they scored a point and I think we won our kick out and uh Ellen Lawler made a drive through the centre, I think she offloaded the ball and we got a point and, and all their hard work was undone by probably the next play, if you know what I mean. How satisfying is that, um, Pat? Like, you know, when you see like the work you've put in at the club as well, and I will finish up talking about the club directly before we wrap up. Like, to see the players playing football, the way it's meant to be played, doing it properly, putting the work in, and then getting those big scores at the other end. There's nothing more satisfying, Darren, to be honest with you. Like, it, it, it's just, it's like a dream come true. Like, um, to, to see to see local people and other people come up to come up to us, there's, there's six of us involved as far as, there's six of us involved as far as the girls are. We we train, we train from under fourteen to senior. We train them all together. Like we don't, we if a girl is the way we look at it, it doesn't matter about age. If she's good enough, she plays. And in fairness to the parents and and the girls themselves, they don't have a problem if if if, if there's a girl younger than them on the team, they work hard to get her off. That's that's the only way, and that's I think it's proven in results. Like you know. And it's certainly shown, especially in this result, in your success domestically too. Like I just mentioned a couple yeah. of other names. Like if your captain Kelly Comerford around the middle, Rebecca Roach got one fourth the last day, and as you see, we talked about Kamogi, two names in the attack. Uh, one of them high score in the last day that we might be familiar with on our other show, Edwina Keane and Katie Nolan. Yeah, yeah, Edwina, Edwina. Like, we're really only we're a senior club for the last two years. Like we 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 asked uh, we had girls coming up to eighteen. We had no senior club here, so we basically. We had girls come up to 18. We, we, we had a meeting one night and said, do we lose them or try to get, try get them senior? And we knew, like, we knew girls of 18 wasn't going to make a senior team on their own. You know, mm. we were we were looking at 18 backwards, going backwards, like, say, 16 to 15, whatever. So we went on the phone. We got in. We asked Katie Nolan, Edwina Kane, who's all, all for Edwina Kane, uh, Kelly Comfort, Adele Conan. Denise Comerford, girls like that who were, who were senior girls would they come up would they come up and, and give the football a go see what they thought and oh Jesus since they came in they have to be excellent you know and the other girls looked up to them you, you see younger girls there there's 15, 16 year old girls there now not now they're, they're, they're used to playing them now but when they came up into the field first like Edwina is an all star Casey Nolan is a, is, a, is a star of her own Edel Coonan is a star of her own as far as the candy football or, or Camogie goes you know and to see them girls coming into the field and training with them like it just so just to lift all over, you know. And even like just when you mentioned Katie Nolan as well, the year she's had like a boat coach as well. She must be a contender for a Kilkenny uh, Sports Person of the Year. But I, I don't want to be putting pressure on her at the moment. Let's talk about Kilaner and from Wexford. Of course, Kilkenny Wexford rivalry, whether it's Ireland Camogie football, it's immaterial. There's always a big rivalry down in the southeast when those two counties come together. Ah, uh, yeah. No, listen, they're probably the same. We know nothing about them, nor they know nothing about us. So basically, we we'll go down. I've been talking. I've been talking to a chap called Kieran down there, and he seems a genuine bloke. We go down and we'll, we'll play him and see what happens, and we, we'll we'll give it our all, as I'm sure they will. We're we're both hoping to get into a semi final, and with a bit of luck, we will. A bit of luck, we will. <laughs> we'll echo that as well and also for our Wexford, Wexford friends as well uh, Pat just before we finish up let's talk about yourself and talk about the club of course you're double jobbing you're manager of this team and you're also chairperson of the club a lot a lot going on with Muckley I'd imagine that we just don't know about at the moment yeah yeah no it's, it's brilliant like, sure. like we probably never like we, as I said to you we haven't been a senior club buddy for two seasons so 
we we would never have tasted anything like this. But what was brilliant for us was after was after it happened like here, you know. But there's no there's no one person in any club as you probably know yourself. Like mm-hmm. I I have a group of lads with me, and they're excellent, brilliant, brilliant men. And there's there's three women there involved. Treasure and the double secretary is what we have, and they're they're excellent people. Like and then the club is run through them. I I listen. I have not like all I do is answer an odd question here and there. You know that kind of way. I don't. I, you might, you might answer you might answer an odd question here or there, Pat, but you're 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 getting the right answers at the moment the way things are going. <laughs> no, yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully. And tell me, Pat, you mentioned about the young players coming through before you managed to get in some of these o- o- older players from the o- other code. Uh, no doubt, there's still plenty of great underage work being done in Muckley and great young players to be keeping an eye out for in the near future. Oh Jesus, yeah. Well, at the moment, at the moment, like like I don't know when they're going to play because we're under so much pressure at game time at the moment, like. Our under fourteens have won their league final. They're in. They're in the A county final. Our under sixteens are in the A county final. Our minors are in the league final, and uh, we 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 just won. We won the twenty twenty minor final there a few weeks ago, and we're in the under sixteen under sixteen twenty five twenty final replay. We 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 drew with Kenny Fishy in it last year, and that has to be played as well. So when they're going to be played at the moment, I don't. I just don't know. You know that kind of way. But yeah, we we have we have four we have. So that was Pat McDowell, chairperson and manager of Muckley Ladies Football after their Leinster Championship win last week. And of course, they have that quarterfinal on Saturday. All the fixtures will be up on Sports Stats on Friday morning as usual. But now we're going to look back at the two big games that we featured last week. And we'll give more time to the Ulster final being a final. The first team into the All-Ireland Series at senior level, Dunamoyne. I said to you last week, Neve. Breed will be kicking themselves and it looked like that they did miss the boat. Yeah, um, you don't get a second chance against a team like Dunamine and, you know, uh, they were a different animal altogether this week, Darren, um, or, or on Sunday there, you know, from the get-go, they were, you know, uh, a team that, you know, you'd feel they probably got a good eat in the train and the two nights to train this week. Um, I'm sure the management team of, of Francie Coleman and Anne-Marie Burns and, and co definitely... Um, you know, give them a couple of home truths because, you know, they weren't by any means the the team that we saw like the previous week, the team we saw this week. And, you know, the, the ball in the net, Tina McConnell after three minutes. And, you know, despite a little bit of a comeback from Breda, they got a penalty shortly after, you know, it was really, you know, it was really sort of, I suppose, nearly by half time. Even though it was only four points at half time, you still felt that uh, Dunhamine had their work done and they weren't going to let this one slip. The draw match was such an interesting contest in the light, in the dark and all that. And of course, as you just mentioned there, the way this game kicked off, like it was just a mile a minute at the start. Katrina McConnell with that early goal after two minutes. Claire Timoney coming back and getting the penalty for Breda two minutes later, keeping them in the game. But then afterwards, really, Donovan could have won this game by more. Yeah, it's back to the the thing, like I, I mentioned it a lot lately, like they, they're not just uh, as much as they're defensively and they worked so hard and I mean at times like um, you know they, they played quite a def- well a, a defensive game but you know got bodies forward very quickly but they did scupper a lot of chances and they hit the crossbar a lot they kicked you know a, a lot I think maybe kicked five six wides in the first half hit the crossbar I think in the second half five or six times like so they'll be disappointed with how um, how much chances they missed but the, all around the performance, they, did, they did just smothered Breda out of the game. And, you know, as I said, got bodies back and had player of the match performance from Louise Carey scoring 1-5. But, you know, equally, 
the players worked back and defended and, you know, Hazel Kingham and Amanda Casey at midfield, you know, ever ready. Amanda Casey is probably one of the best games I've seen her playing in, um, you know, in, in, in a couple of, uh, not in a couple of years, that's been, but, you know, in, in a while where Amanda's, you know, it was just, it was back to Amanda's old days where she covered every inch of grass and was a real link player. Um, and, you know, all their old players in inverted commas really stepped up and did the job for them and they were by far um, deserving champions. Even as you mentioned Hazel Kingham as well, she have lost her for 10 minutes as well and still never never looked like they were going to concede the advantage. Yeah, actually, I just took a note of that, Darren, because she was sin I think, maybe 10 minutes into the second half or something. At the time, it was 2-6 to 1-2, and she was gone for 10 minutes, and when she came back on, it was 2-10 to 1-2. So that just proved they scored four points, you know, down to 14 players, they scored four points, and they, they didn't let Breda score. Now, Breda did kick a lot of wides as well, um, but... You know, it just, as I said, it was just an all-round performance. And, you know, Linda Martin and goals, um, despite the, the penalty, but she made a couple of saves. And she also, her kickouts were really, really um, important to the team where she, you know, was able to kick the ball, especially in the second half, almost over midfield. And, um, you know, it took the pressure off Dunhamine every time and set up an attack. So, you know, as I said, a very, um, a very all-round good performance for Dunhamine. And, the, you know, they can enjoy the winter now or enjoy the Christmas, shall I say, and look forward to an all-round semi-final. And we just have a quick chat about that in a second. But of course, we should never really have doubted them. Third final replay that they've won in Ulster to win this 13 title as well. And you mentioned Louise Curley. And of course, she scored the 1-5. She missed the penalty as well. And and all the chances too. Like when she's on form, she's very, I don't know if I want to go unmarkable yet, but she's very, very difficult to deal with as well. And she will be a key player for this team, along with the experience that they have going into, I think it's the Connacht champions they play in the new year. If Dunhamoyne are going to get back on top of Ireland, let alone dominate Ulster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, and she's she's still a young girl, Louise. And, you know, I suppose what she has is she's she's got good feet and she's tall and strong. And, like, she gives the option of giving, you know, a sort of a high ball in. And, you know, whether she doesn't win it herself, she breaks it out to players, you know, the smaller, younger players around her. And, you know, it gives them that other dimension. You've got obviously Teeny or Katrina McConnell who plays in the corner and kind of comes out and swoops around the middle. But, you know, that gives them another dimension of having um, Louise in there so they can give an early ball into her. And then, of course, they have the Garlands and Anya Bourne and, and players like that that's well able to carry the ball um, if needed as well. So they have a good dynamic, but disappointed, I think, at the amount of wides and the amount of chances they're, they're creating and not taking. So that's something they're going to look at and probably work on over the, over the course of the, till the new year. What will Breda learn from this experience? They've proven their credentials in down. This was their first Ulster final and they know themselves, probably the nerves got the better of them in, at the end of normal time, the draw on day when they just needed to hold on to the Lee Roach and they would have been true to an All-Ireland semi-final. But we've, we talked about their management, we talked about the quality of the leaders of the players that they have. This will be a day that will hurt them for, for quite some time. But, you know, they're going to be back again and they're this is a team that is going to knock on the door of an Ulster title if they don't make the breakthrough. Definitely, Darren. Like, I mean, they'll have taken such experience from that, from from getting to an Ulster final. They're a young side, a very young side, and they have, uh, have we talked, you know, two weeks ago that they have, you know, massive numbers in the club and, you know, have a junior team that, that uh, you know, were kicking ball away from getting to a junior Ulster final as well. So, you know, they've, they've, got, they've got the numbers, you know, they've clearly got the, the people in the club that's doing the work and, you know, they're not far away from from getting it. And, you know, I suppose for them, it's just unfortunate that they met the most experienced team in Ulster at club level in, in being done a mine. And, you know, as much as they, 
you know, they, they'll kick themselves looking back um, at the last, the, the drawn match, at, at maybe uh, they might feel kicking it away. You know, they'll have no qualms about last week because, I mean, as I said, um, Dunham Mine were deserving winners last week. Dunham Mine were 13th Ulster title back in the All-Ireland semi-final. Of course, it'll be a few weeks before we know their opponents and no disrespect to two of these three teams. I'd imagine that a lot of eyes will be on one in particular and they're playing on Sunday. Of course, I'm talking about Kilkern Clumburn, who lost the last All-Ireland final that was played by just one point to Moran Abbey. They played Conley Gale in Johnstown. I'm actually going to the game myself on Sunday. They got the job done well against Knockmore the last day. They looked good. Louise Ward had an injury. She got back involved as well. Like, it's really theirs to lose, Neve, would you feel? And it, despite Jenny Higgins being in the a new recruit for Clon McGale, Kilkern Clumber will be red hot favourites coming into this match. Yeah, like, you know, this, I suppose they have to be, Darren. Like, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't look past the, 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 the calibre of players that Killian and Baron have and the experience. And I'm again, you know, just like Dunamine and Fox Cab, you know, you can't, you can't beat experience in, in a sense, especially when it comes to a tight game or, a, you know, a tough game. It's experience that can sort of come pull through in the end, you know, and Killian and Baron, you know, okay, Annette Clark is, is has retired from them and she is a big loss because she is certainly a player of great experience, but, you know, you've got the, the, the Wards, Louise and Nicola, the Divilies, the Noons, you know, Lisa Murphy and Goals, you know, they have such experienced players that, as you said, have, you know, been a kick of a ball away from winning their first All-Ireland, but they have been the team that's been beating the Carnacons and, and, and playing the likes of Carnacon, you know, the big teams in, in Connacht over the years and getting results. So you'd have to feel they'd have that extra um, experience on a Clannagale side that, have won their first county championship in 24 years, you know, with, you know, with a, a super win. And I mean, I suppose maybe for them, uh, as much as they'd like to go further, I'm sure, you know, they'll sit back or not writing them off completely, but, you know, to win that title after such a long time, you know, it, it's a massive, um, massive thing for the club. Never mind looking to Connacht. They're hosting the game. You know, do you give them a chance? Like, you know, say we mentioned Jennifer Higgins with them this year as well, and obviously very influential in them making the breakthrough as well. Um, like, they will be underdogs, but like, did Kilkern Clumburn just show against Knockmore last week that it doesn't matter who you put in front? They just have to keep their heads and they'll be marching through to an RN series. Well, the, the only hiccup I, I was seeing, I was only when I was lo- looking through Glenna Gale, and I, I didn't realize this since I started doing the homework on them. Um, Finn Barregan is their manager. And I mean, as we all know, Finn Barregan has. A very good record um, as a manager of teams. He, of course, won back in in '99. He won the first um, Mayo's first All Ireland as a, as the county team manager in '99 and and 2000. And he was back again in 2002 with them. You know, so he is certainly a shrewd operator, well able to um, to have his homework done on Killian Glengarry, and and you know he'll know what his what his capability of his team is. Um, so he won't like of someone like someone like him will not be going out. Given Killian Clarenberna, you know, an easy ride, he will certainly have his homework done and will be looking, you know, looking to Jenny Higgins and looking to, you know, Kiva Lennon, Carla Early, Sinead Farrell, these players to, to step up and, you know, to, I suppose try and cause an upset. He'd love nothing more. I mean, as I said, he was famously with that Mayo team that caused a big upset upset and beating Waterford back in 99. So he'd love nothing more to try and do that. But I just think I feel just it, it could be a step too far for them. One o'clock in Johnstown on Sunday. Clonley Gale from Roscommon against Kilkern Clonburn from Galway. We will have reaction here on Sports Stars Football next week. 
Let's see, look at the other game that we featured last week. Um, 316 to 17, Dunboyne beat Milltown. Now, we were talking off air that, you know, it was a pity more games weren't streamed. Now, in fairness, most of the provinces are make, making strides, and I understand you have to all that balance between streaming and, and getting people in the gate as well. I thought it'd be closer. I wasn't surprised about the winners, but again, Emma Duggan, Vicky Wall. Like, what can you say this year? The whole country has fallen in love with them. Everything is going right. And they shared 3-11 again out of the 316 the last day. Like, really, we're um, in devastation, devastating form, um, Darren. And, I mean, Emma Duggan scored 2-6 out of the 2-8 in the first half alone. Like, and, I mean, they're just, uh, you know, as you said, they can do nothing wrong. And, you know, I, I suppose as much as Milltown would have went out with a, a plan to try and stop them, you know, once they, they got going, there was no turning back. And, you know, the defence, their defence worked as a great mechanism or, or a great, um, you know, worked really well together and, and just, you know, sort of made it so hard for Milltown to try and get any scores. And, uh, you know, once Emma and Vicky got on a scoring rant, that was it. And, you know, um, who else got scores? Elaine Doyle and Rachel McDermott as well. So it was a good, an all-round good performance. Vicky just dictated the game around the middle of the field. Like, not just the one three she scored, but like she's been doing it for Mead all year. That's why we were arguing about why have her in corner forward at Amy Mackey's expense in the first place. Uh, Mackin's expense, sorry. Um, it's uh, like she's just controlled the game and the supply was low for Milltown getting in there because Vicky just wasn't allowing it to go, to, to go down there. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, and she just, you know, she covers. You know, she covers so much ground, but like she's so able, she's such a good kicker of the ball too that she's able to, and I mean, it's very obvious as we saw with me this year, her and Emma know each other so well and she's fit to, you know, Emma can make a one run and point and Vicky can put it on a plate to her. So, you know, that's, that's like, that's impossible to defend against. And, you know, you, you feel sorry for Milltown because the, you know, I'm sure it, 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 they would have had a plan to try and stop that out, but you can't, look, you can't stop a kicking game. And then when they're able to, carry it they know when to carry it too and, and I mean Vicky you know scoring one three from midfield from player like that just you know just proves what what the diversity they have in the team Sarah Dillon did get 1-1 in the match it has to be said there in the early stages of the first half but again once that threat was nullified Milltown didn't really have a chance being away playing a, a senior team as well too like we're going to move towards the semi-final in a moment to talk briefly on on Dunboyne's game but like Dunboyne are looking the great pretenders but Milltown I often wonder intermediate counties play, their clubs playing senior is it worth it or not but obviously Westmead are, are, are back senior now as well like what would they take out of this because they would have expected to really ask questions of Dunboyne Yeah they, they, they would have Darren I suppose but it's hard I, you know I suppose that the only consolation you could take out of it is if, if, if Dunboyne Sorry, go all the way and win Leinster, and they can say that we got beaten by the Leinster champions. But yeah, it's hard to try and you know you'd feel if you took Vicky and, and Emma out of the Dunbine team, maybe they'd have a, a chance against them. But it just seems to be at the moment that those two can be unmarked. And I mean, it as you know, Milltown will take heart at the fact that one that the, you know, got got a Westmead title back again. But you know, it's still it's still disappointing. The only thing is that. You know, they kept um, for, for Dunbine, they kept them to only scoring five points in the second half. And I don't know if there was major changes made at half time or whatever, but, you know, it was a very low score in the second half um, and it was five points to three in the second half. Um, so I don't know, but they'll take some, you know, I suppose getting the Westmead title is what the, the, the positives they'll have to take out this year and put their heads down for next year.
Emil Tom, we're back after three years not winning Westmead. But of course, we talked, and look, understandably, and they won't appreciate it in Dunboyne, the talk is building every time a me team plays now, especially when those two players in particular play. Um, but before potential Leinster final, they have to negotiate a Tinnahilly side that have a senior and junior team playing provincial championships at home this weekend, one on Saturday, the senior match on Sunday. And when these two teams last played, I think it was in the Intermediate Championship in 2017, it went to penalties before Dunboyne got over the line. So this is a Wicklow team that are not just putting out the red carpet for Dunboyne. They they have their own intentions of trying to make a Leinster final. Definitely so. And I mean, you know, Tinnahilly have won, you know, the last, I don't know, it was five or six Wicklow titles. And, you know, they're definitely the well, well, um, well versed in 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 playing in in the Leinster Championship, um, but uh, they, you know, yes, you I don't know, like I suppose you feel you're looking at you said, you know, uh, intermediate versus versus senior at inter county level, and you imagine that there'd be a lot of a stronger club there, like Dun Dunboyne would be much stronger. But I suppose four years ago, as you said, you can look back at that game and see how how little was in it, and you know Dunboyne came out on top after the penalty shootout. But you'd still feel Dunboyne would still have the stronger team here. And I mean, with that experience of those girls that was playing with me this year and, and that run they had and the aforementioned two girls, um, you just feel it's probably a step too far, too far. Like Jackie Kinch obviously playing for Tina Healy, but you just feel it's too far, a step too far for them this this um eating them here at this stage. I'm curious about it, not as much to do with Tina Healy, but to do with Wicklow in general. Like there were a massive four fourteen to one six winners over St. Connell's, but we spoke during the intercounty season that Tina Healy weren't involved in the Wicklow setup. And we saw what Wicklow did this year by winning the All Ireland title as well. And club football in Wicklow has always been stronger than intercounty. So you kind of go, well, there's good players here that are going to ask a few questions, but again, I'd like to, I'd like to see them. Back represent the Wicklow next year because I'd be, I'd make Wicklow dark horses if everybody was back in the Wicklow jersey next year competing in the All Ireland Intermediate Championship. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, if you have, as you said there, you know, if you have strong clubs playing at senior Leinster, senior in Leinster, in Leinster senior club championships, you know, you'd feel that they should be backbone in your 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 Wicklow County team. Like, and you know, you definitely hope that that is the case um, for twenty twenty two, and you, you would. You wouldn't uh, write them off, but you know, again, going to this game for the weekend, Darren, you know, you just feel, or you know, and it's it's unfair to be writing Wicklow off or writing Tillinghini, shall I say, off so so easily. But I mean, Dunboyne, we just look at that. There just seem to be, and as you said, the fairy tale and everything about um, the Dunboyne team just seems to be adding up the right way, and they're going. You know, you just feel that it's going to be a step too far for for Tinnahilly this weekend. So next week's featured match will be Tinnahilly against Tullamore in the Leinster football final. Um, but, <laughs> but no, sure, look, they don't doubt they're using motivation and we will be looking at the Leinster final next week. So that's three of the four senior matches looked at this week. We're going for Dunboyne, we're going for Foxworth Cabadilly and we're going for Kilcurran Clumburn. After the break, we will look at the Munster uh, football semi-final. Southern Gales from Kerry uh, back have the title back at Hurlow, back in the winning ranks again in Tipperary. It promises to be a very, very intriguing contest. That's coming up after these. I like listening to Sports Dad because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. So welcome back here to Sports Stars Football, uh, final leg of the journey this week. And as we mentioned at the start, Neve, it wasn't the game we were planning to focus on Munster, but we are going to have a look at it anyway. 
it's in Fitzgerald Stadium. First things first, I have to give Munster their due. Now, look, we can talk about the fixture and talk about confusion, this, that, and the other, but they're organising attractive doubleheaders. They're organising streaming. Like last week, we had a doubleheader in Mallow. There's a doubleheader on Saturday with Intermediate and Junior in Rockford. And this game is taking place in Fitzgerald Stadium. Like, you know, it's a real statement of intent. Yeah, it really is. And that, that is like, we've talked about this several times, Darren, in, in, you know, within, within counties trying to, even for county finals, like getting the big stadiums for it. That's what you, you want. Like, and, you know, it was done in Mead this year, like big double headers and big games to get, you know, to drum up publicity. And that's, that's exactly what you're looking for. And, you know, the teams playing like in, in Cork, we said played in, in Parky Kiev and all that. So it is great to have the game in, in, in a big venue like Fitzgerald Stadium. And, you know, you hope that, you hope that crowds go to it and it attracts, um, you know, a big crowd to go to when we're, especially when crowds are like going back to games this year. So it is. And long may that last as well. We know we're living in a world at the moment we can't take anything for granted. Let's look at Southern Gales first. They beat uh, Rapmore 9-2-4 in the final. It was the rubber match between them, the third consecutive final. Gales had won in 19, Rapmore had won in 20, and Gales have won this one as well. They'll be relieved to get ho- over the line in DAS. Um, capable of scoring goals. They don't generally concede much despite conceding the two goals, and they're set up very, very well. Yeah, definitely, Darren, yeah. And, you know, that was, um, I suppose, a, a big boost for them um, in, in beating Matt Moore in the, in the in the final, the county final this year. Like, and, you know, Anna Galvin has been a, a, a very influential player with, with Kerry um, this year in, in the in the championship and in the league. Um, and she will be a player that they will, has been, have looked to this year and she'll be looking to her to, um, for a big match from her against on, on Sunday. And Galvin, of course, midfield partner Megan O'Connell, who scored a goal from a 30 metre free uh, in that county final as well. They're very, very strong. But also, from talking to people in Kerry, the half back line of Sinead Sheehan, Quiva Tehan, and Clodagh Quinlan are well renowned as well. So that five to nine is a very, very strong base to build from. Yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, I mean, that's the key area, as you just said, the key area in any, in any team that, you know, you're a strong half back line that can defend well and then turn defence into attack very quickly. And with players like that you've mentioned and, and Mary, Ellen Bul- Mary Ellen Bulger up front then to look to, to get scores, you'd be looking for, or Mary Ellen's actually the goalkeeper, sorry. So Anna Galvin and, and Megan O'Connell then in, in, in midfield. Yeah, Mary Ellen Bulger and the goal of Sean O'Donnell is a full forward line and Rachel Dwyer as well. They're their two key people and we look at the Aherlo side in a second, but they're the two that they'll have to target as well. They shared 1-6 in that Kerry final and, you know, very, very dangerous players. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it, it's, I suppose, I mean, Kerry's always renowned, Kerry teams are always renowned for, you know, pure football and pure, um, you know, real skillful footballers and they certainly have an abundance in Southern Gales and, you know, it'll be, um, you know, as I said, they, they got what scored two nine in the in the county final, and they'll be looking to try and capitalise on that, and obviously not concede, um, not concede any goals again. They scored two nine in their county final. Herlow did exactly the same thing. They beat Brian Baruz two nine to two seven in Tipperary, but with two minutes left, it looked like Brian Baruz was going to win a first county title in five years, and it was another long range free. This one, Emma Morrissey going for an equalising score. She was now, <laughs> even she admitted herself she wasn't trying to win it. And the ball took a dip at the last moment and managed to creep in underneath the crossbar. God, I remember that happening uh, back in in '96, Darren, when Mon Ladies played Leash in a in a in All Ireland final, and uh, Lulu, Lord rest her, Lulu Carroll took a free in the last kick of the game, and and exactly like that, dipped in under the crossbar. And lucky enough, we were three points up at the time, so it went to a draw. So, uh, have lots of. Uh, 
bad memories about that that situation or it could have been worse. But yeah, I'm sure for, for um, Brian Bruce, that was a killer blow to, to lose the game in such a way and a great excitement for Arlow. Yeah, because Brian Bruce has set behind and watched Arlow and Cahir do the dominating in the last couple of years. But speaking of Emma Morris, she got two goals in that final as well. Um, actually, she scored two six in total and she'll be there full forward too. And just looking at it, there's a few re- um, names we recognise we'll talk about in a moment, but it looks like that'll be the filter through in her battle with um, Southern Gales fullback Shauna Fitzpatrick, or Shauna Fitzpatrick, sorry, uh, could be the most decisive battle of the lot. Yeah, well, Sean and Fitzpatrick, I'm sure will, you know, will I, you know, will have their homework done on 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 Emma being the one to watch, and you know whether they they maybe potentially sit someone, sit an extra defender back in front, and um, you know, as a, a kind of a, a seventh defender, and, and trying to you know to not give um easy ball into Emma Morrissey and to try and cut out display to to supply to Emma Morrissey. Anna Rose Kennedy is in the midfield. We know her capabilities with Tipperary. She'd be a fascinating battle if she goes up against Anna Galvin. She's partnered by Siobhan Condon. And of course, Condon, a very popular name in Tipperary football. This team has grown yet and breathed the full back line. Marie in the half forward line as well. And let's not forget Caitlin Kennedy too, who's represented Tipperary. She's their centre back too. And they'll be the players they'll be leaning on. Yeah, definitely, Darren. And just as you, you know, and Kira McCarthy, like just up the centre, um, you know, with Anna Rose and, um, at midfield and, and Kira McCarthy, Caitlin Kennedy, you know, those players up the up the middle, um it's it's uh you know, I suppose that diamond again we're looking at um as we looked at in Southern Gales, that's that'll be a key area and it's about th- those battles and who who wins them. We talked about the full forwards against the full backs. We talked about the midfielders. Of course, Kate O'Mara, another wing back for a hair low as well. They'll be crucial. Well, uh, Southern Gales will be looking for a lot from their half forward line of Cleena Murphy, Ellie O'Connell, and Avian Fitzgerald, too. Again, we're, we're, we're name dropping a lot of names here when we're looking at clubs because we're trying to um, see new players that we don't regularly see representing Kerry, Tipperary, or the counties maybe, count, counties, maybe, too. But of course, it's always a great stage for someone new to step up and be the hero. Definitely. So like, and you do, because sometimes in them kind of games, Darren, um, you know, if there's a county player sort of picking up another county player from another county, it ends up that uh, they nearly almost cancel each other out. And it is, it is the, the you'd say it, the lesser known player that, that sometimes is, is the heroine and, and steps up and, and gets the scores or gets the, you know, the vital block or something at the, at the last minute. So, you know, um, that sometimes does happen that, the, you know, the county players can end up canceling each other out. But, um, it'll be an interesting battle, and you know it's a game that I actually can't really call the winner because I think the two teams are quite even. They are very, very even too. Not just that, they're battle hardens. Like, let's call it straight. Whoever wins this game is going to be the underdog in the final against Morn Abbey or Bally McCaffrey. But we've talked about how they've come through their own counties and not guaranteed. Like they're not teams that have just at a procession going through they've had tough games as well as, as you mentioned it's going to be a tough battle between them two and like whoever comes out of this you know they have two weeks at least to prepare for a Munster final and you know they, we could be looking at the dark horse story here possibly yeah that's the thing like and I mean you know sometimes in, in games like that you know if you look at you know look at teams that you know are winning county titles every year and it's 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 so easy for them and they get no no opposition you know, it's no good to them because when they meet bigger teams, then they're not, they're not, as you said, not battle hardened at all. But these two have come through the, you know, haven't been the, the favourites to come out of the county per se. And, you know, they haven't, they've done that the hard way, hard way. And now they're in a, in a kick of a ball away from Munster final, which I'm sure none of them, neither of the two teams at the start of the year could have predicted that. So it means, um, you know, as you said, both teams can be, 
it's really hard to pick who could be the winner. Both teams will be will make it a very interesting game. It will be a very, very interesting game. Sunday at two o'clock in Fitzgerald Stadium, Killarney, Munster Senior Football Semi-Final. Eve, I know you said you were finding it near impossible, but I have to ask you the question. Will Home Advantage work for Southern Gales and get another Kerry team on the road? Or are Herlo about to start a Tipperary renaissance after a very, very difficult year for their inter-county team? I, I think <laughs> I've said twice, Darren, now that I got very hard to pick uh, I'm not going to sit in the fence and say a draw, so I, I will pick one. I'm, I think probably maybe just a slight home advantage might have a bit of a um, an added an added little worth a point or two to to Southern Gales. So I'll give Southern Gales the nod by a small margin. By a small margin, the Kerry team getting to a monster final, but it's a game to look forward to. I think it is being streamed. We don't know the details at the moment, but if you can't get to Killarney, make sure you watch that game. It is the game of the week, no doubt. So we've gone for Kern, Glenburn, Dunboyne, Fox Rock, Cabin and Southern Gales. Again, even so many intermediate and junior matches, like we were going through them, we would be going another hour as well. But again, great for so many clubs to get this opportunity because they didn't get it last year. And we can't wait to talk about it again next week. Definitely so, Darren. And that is that is the brilliant thing. And as we keep saying, you know, club football is the, the backbone of all, all counties. And it's great. You know, it's great to see these, especially new teams. It's lovely to see new teams that um, have never got an opportunity to play in, in provincial championships that are now getting that opportunity. And the crowd, and you can see on their social media pages, really getting behind it and really building up to the weekend weekend's games. And it's brilliant to see. It's a week where Dunamoyne won the first provincial title in two years. Muckley from Kilkenny showed that football is on the way back. Dunboyne continued to do no wrong and Southern Gales and Kerry are our official pick this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week. We might look at more Abbey against Mally, Mally McCabry, but we also might be looking at the Leinster football final. That decision we'll make over the next seven days. Get out and about, whether it's senior, intermediate, junior, support your club, support your county, whatever the case may be. I'm Darren Kelly. This was Sports Stars Football. Football. And one last time, I'd like to thank my partner in crime, Neve Kenton. Thanks, Darren. Talk next week.